minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. That's right, everybody. Welcome to the You Get the Horn Show. Tad and Jeff here. I think we're going to have a good time tonight. I just feel it in my bones. What do you think, brother? You know what? Yeah, it is. That, that's it. When you get older, you start feeling things in your bones. That's right. You got to go with it. That's you have right. to just go with it. So it. I can tell when it's going to rain, and I can tell when we're going to have a good time on this show. <laughs> So listen, we got a lot to talk about, man, and uh, and so I'm just gonna do the rundown, and then we'll just jump right into it, and uh, we, we won't make we won't make the world wait to be entertained tonight. We're gonna jump right into the. Uh, it's gonna be like Scrooge McDuck diving into his to his gold coins. We're gonna dive right into entertaining the world. So first things first, NCAA tournament update. The final four is set. We're gonna talk a little bit about. Not only the final four itself, but a little bit of history and uh, interesting stats around it, because this has been a very unusual NCAA tournament. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. In the NFL, the owners meetings are currently happening in Arizona, and there has already been a lot of action uh, going on with that. And so we're going to talk all things NFL from the owners meetings to Lamar Jackson tweets and Washington Commanders potentially selling and all kinds of other really interesting stuff. And then going to move into a topic that we haven't really touched very much on on this show before. We talk about it plenty in our personal lives with each other, but we don't really we haven't talked about it on the show a lot. And we're going to delve a little bit into uh, crypto today because there's been some interesting things in the news regarding uh, crypto and the government's stance on crypto and and a lot of different stuff there that should be interesting. Then we're going to have a brand new segment on the show. I'm very excited. I'm not even going to tell anyone what it is. We're just gonna we're just gonna let them listen and and work their way to it. And I think it's going to be a uh, a good time. And then we're going to have quick hits, and we're going to be talking about some of the odds that we would end up with this Final Four. Uh, a former NFL MVP wants to make a comeback. Should he? We have another crazy six-leg parlay. Uh, man, I don't know. I keep finding these things. People are either the luckiest or unluckiest uh, people. And uh, so it's we're, we're going to have to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, we recently the Dallas Cowboys released running back Ezekiel Elliott. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It was Zeke's time with Dallas. He, he started off really strong, got paid, went right downhill. And we're going to talk a little bit about how he compares uh, to some Hall of Famers. Uh, then we got some other interesting stats and some trivia, as always. So with all of that having been said, let's start from the top, brother. NCAA tournament, the final four is set. It is a final four that no one could have predicted. If you had ever thought we'd be sitting here saying, man, I can't wait for the Final Four to have San Diego State play Florida Atlantic <laughs> University and UConn versus Miami. Uh, look, I, it would have never happened, uh, but here we are. So uh, no. so w- what do you think, man? Are you excited for the Final Four? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I just, I, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I guess, you know, you like the underdogs until it gets down to the, 
you know, down down to the finals, and then yeah. you want the powerhouses. At least I do. I don't know. We I talked mean, last I, week about know, the blue bloods, you know, not yeah, being in the, not being in it. Yeah, like there's just something to it. I mean, I, and this could just be a changing of the tides, I suppose. I mean, with the um, you know transfer portal and everything else going on, Very true. Like this this might just be end up being you know the, the norm here. So um, yeah, I mean, number nine FAU, number five San Diego State. Um, you know, I, I would assume San Diego State probably um, takes that one. And then number five, Miami. Congrats to Jim Laranega. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been around long enough to remember Jim Laranega taking George Mason to the Final Four in 06. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he, he, he does what I'd like to say, retires to, to Miami to coach. Right. Honestly, you know, I keep up with college basketball is um, about as little as I think I could possibly keep up with any other sport. Honestly, I wasn't even sure. I had to look it up when the tournament started. Is, is Jim Laranagas still with them? And and sure enough, he is. So good for him. And yeah. then uh, they're going against uh, UConn, which is, you know, is a blue blood, I suppose. Um, you know, yeah. Argument could be made you know, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly yeah. a very successful, uh, you know, program. Yeah. Yeah, you got Dan Hurley there. Dad is a uh, high school Hall of Fame coach. <laughs> His brother, Bobby Hurley, Bobby. great Duke days. Uh, now coaching Arizona State. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it should be fun, I suppose. I, I, I don't know. I just I don't get too wound up about uh, NCAA basketball. But um, here we are. I mean, <laughs> again, we talked about it last week. If FAU pulls this out and wins, I mean, does, is there anyone that legitimately thinks they're the best basketball right. team? <laughs> in the NCAA, I, I suppose. I mean, I don't know. I guess they you were have to for a series of games. At, I guess at least uh, for a series of games. Yeah, you know, for for um, a month they were the best team. So, that's it. I don't know. What do you think? Well, look, man, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of you know with you. I, I'm not. I'm not huge on college basketball or college football. Honestly, I mean, I you know I watch it like I do all sports, and I I'm a sure. more casual observer, um, but. I think it's interesting, right? I mean, it, it gets people kind of interested in the idea. And this is, we talked about this before, you know, with the NCAA tournament, how so much of it, the mystique is built around these upsets and these surprising teams that end up making it in the tournament and stuff like that. And, and this is kind of a prime example of it, but a lot of people don't realize, particularly if you're kind of just a, a casual fan of, of college basketball, and even if you're not a, at all a fan of college basketball, you certainly wouldn't know this. But it's kind of interesting. We're really seeing history being made because this yeah. is the first time. This year is the first time in NCAA tournament history that the final four will not feature a number one, a number two, or a number three seed. It has never happened as long as they've been playing the NCAA tournament. There has never been a time where the final four didn't have a number one, a number two, or a number three seed in there. And it's just, it's incredible. So, you know, I think from that perspective, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting, you know, and, and I think that that should, there's going to be a Cinderella story probably for someone uh, and, you know, if UConn wins it, I guess it's really not that impressive. <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> I mean, you know, if you see the odds and I, you know, we'll talk a little bit later, but the, uh, the odds 
you know, preseason odds on on Florida Atlantic and San Diego State being here. It's yeah. just insane, you know. So, so you know, if these we're watching lottery winners. I mean, they played their way in, so it's not luck, but but it's definitely uh, it, it's no, never been done I, before. I, I mean, listen, they they won the games that were presented in front of them. I mean, that's all you can ask in this type of a tournament. I mean, I question whether you really need. I don't know, 68 teams at this point, right? I mean, is it 68 or 72? I don't even know. 72? I don't even know what yeah. it is because, right, there's the play-in game. Right. So I guess well, and I've 70. heard that they plan on expanding that further. Yeah, just the the talk sense. is that they're like, going to move it to like 90-some games or something like so that. So you just absorb the NIT tournament and have the NIT guys come Maybe. over, you know? And like, who's the 99th team that's pissed that they didn't make it? <laughs> <laughs> just wait another year or two and it'll be yeah, 110 yeah. and then it won't matter. You'll get in. <laughs> just, you know, that's, that, I guess that brings up a good point, uh, you know, a good question on, um, you know, college football wanting to expand. I mean, I and I guess they are expanding not this year, but in next year they're expanding yeah uh you know they're they're toward it's like yeah i i guess i mean football maybe i can see a little bit different just you know uh, uh, but it's i, I don't know uh, i mean it uh, it certainly gets people in the seats it certainly gets people betting um so i, I you know I, I don't think it's ever going to change how in the world will you ever pick a final or pick a perfect bracket if there's a <laughs> 90 teams in it i mean that's just well, we talked about That's it last ridiculous. week, right? I mean, ESPN said that there were zero, zero perfect brackets out of 20 million. No one, no perfect brackets out of 20 million brackets filed. And so, and again, in, in a weird way, that's exactly what the NCAA wants. I think you, so. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's great for them. Look, here's the thing. It becomes a win-win, right? Because when it's the North Carolinas and the Kentuckys and, you know, those teams, the Dukes and everybody, well, that's great, right? Those heritage teams and the, the, the just the sheer volume of alumni that they have and the interest around that uh, and history being made. But at the same time, man, when it's a, when it's a, a shocking upset team, people, you know, people love that too, right? I mean, there's how many times even now do you see uh, the, the, the replay of Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson? Right. <laughs> so it's like people love that and they hang on to that uh, for such a long yeah. period of time. And, and it's become an identity of the NCAA. However, um, I, I'll be curious what it does with ratings, because just like Buster Douglas, nobody wants to right. go to a Buster Douglas fight. <laughs> Everybody wants to go to a Mike Tyson fight. Yeah. I saw um, I think it was on StubHub after the uh, FAU and San Diego State had won. The price of the tickets for that game, for the next game, for the Final Four game, had gone down like $125. <laughs> like they had gone down. So it, we'll see wow. um, how that translates. Uh, I'll be curious to see what it does, um, you know, TV and, and you know, even in, in the stadium, if there's still that same buzz. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean – we'll see yeah, yeah i mean good on them like i said good on them I, I i not taking any anything away from any of them uh actually i had to look fau up just to find out exactly where they were in Florida. <laughs> um, uh they are in uh boca raton right yep boca yep. yeah yep yep so uh 57 graduation rate <laughs> 
Just a weird stat I looked at. 57%? That's like worse than a community college. It really is. And I guess maybe it's just because of where it's at. Boca. There's lots of other stuff to to do. Lots of other (laughs) stuff to do in Boca. Yeah. Yeah. Our buddy, our buddy Hefe, who's not on the show tonight, but uh, was last week and is on from time to time. He lives down in that general area in South Florida. And, uh, Okay, I mean, there's no doubt it's a beautiful area, and if you're a college age kid and it's 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 uh, hanging out and going to the beach and partying with friends or attending Dang. Florida Atlantic University classes, look, okay, I think it. I know, I think I know what you're going to be doing. So hard to hard to blame anybody for that, I guess. There you go. <laughs> well, as we move from the NCAA tournament, from the amateur ranks. We'll move into the professional ranks of the NFL. And this is important because the NFL owners meetings are happening right now in Arizona. Uh, for those who don't know, every year there are the NFL owners meetings and they happened in the off season and all of the owners and the coaches and everybody is kind of there in one place. And, you know, of course, reporters are there. A lot of questions get asked and, you know, sometimes Trades are facilitated and, you know, all kinds of all kinds of action can happen at the owners meetings. And this has already been an owners meeting uh, with some action. Uh, I guess we'll start with with Lamar Jackson situation Uh, here. You know, John Harbaugh, the other. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I thought you were going to start with the uh, new uh, rule that got put in place uh, today. (laughs) Where players Players are now zero. Or zero now. You're right. And that is, you know, that is groundbreaking. Uh, that's, big. <laughs> that's pretty, pretty Lime crazy. are the only ones that used to be able to wear it before. So now uh, Calvin Ridley's already come out and said he's going to wear it. So Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, that's, hey, you're right. Sorry, I, I, I shouldn't yeah. have buried the lead. You're right. I mean, yeah, you now, buried the lead. <laughs> finally, finally, players have been heard. And justice is being served and players can now wear the number zero on their jersey. And that's that's Good pretty, pretty big news. That's big stuff there. Uh, secondary story. The the B side of this would be a, a guy you probably heard of Lamar Jackson uh, and his situation. And look, this this thing with the Baltimore Ravens obviously has just continued to drag on. Uh, Lamar clearly has not gotten the interest that he probably thought he was going to get. Uh, from from other teams other than the Ravens. And so he timed a tweet out the other day, the exact time that, like to the minute, that John Harbaugh, head coach of the Ravens, was sitting down to speak with reporters. And in it, I won't read the whole tweet, but he just essentially let everybody know that he requested a trade from the Ravens on, I believe it was March 2nd, and that uh, they they, quote, won't meet his value. And uh, he wants to move on and see what else is out there. And of course, the reality is that by putting the non-exclusive tag on Lamar and allowing Lamar to go out there and have conversations with other teams, the Ravens are quite literally agreeing to pay his value because when he goes out and he brings those deals back, they have the ability to match it, which they've pretty much already indicated that they likely would or except the trade. And so to say that they won't match his value seems a little, a little uh, inaccurate because they're allowing him to go and find his value and then, you know, have the opportunity to match it. So regardless, uh, he hasn't liked the way it's gone. He wants to be paid more than what he's being offered, I guess. And so 
we'll see if this moves the needle. Um, you know, I, I, it, it was the tactic is interesting. Maybe not the way I would like to see business done, but you know, it is what it is. And what do you, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. So I guess yeah. what are, what are your thoughts on, on the tweet, the timing, you know, and that stuff first, before we get into any of the rest of it? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, the only thing I would, I would maybe disagree with you is that the Baltimore Ravens are letting someone else determine his value at this point, not themselves. So maybe he feels a little scorned by that. Um, you know, I've seen reports that say, you know, like, or articles, I guess, uh, you know, do the right thing and trade them. I don't, I'm not necessarily in that camp. I'm, I'm in the camp of, you know, find a middle ground, but I, I just don't know if there's, if there's going to be. And I think, part of it may start being a realization from Lamar is that he's lost a ton of money already. Um, you don't get that. I, I saw, and that's the thing. I saw a tweet from Ross Tucker today. Uh, Ross Tucker, formerly of the NFL now does a lot of NFL uh, reporting, um, uh, different areas, different things. But uh, so, so far in their career, Josh Allen has made 85 million and Lamar Jackson has made 33 million. Now you may say, okay, well, I mean, yeah, Josh Allen got that big contract and everything else. They were in the same draft class. Yeah. So this isn't a situation where, you know, one's been in there longer than the other. The last two years that uh, they've been eligible for a new deal, Josh Allen has made 67 million and Lamar's made 25 million. Lamar is never, ever going to make up that difference. There's never going to be. So it's. I, I think he may be getting to that point too. And that's why he's starting to put the stuff out of there, you know, stuff out that, Hey, I want traded. And of course there was no coincidence um, that uh, he did this exactly um, yeah. when <laughs> Harbaugh is getting ready to talk. This was done yeah. deliberately and on purpose. Um, I, I don't, I don't know where the common ground comes in at though. I, I just, I really don't know. Like at this point, is it too far gone? I mean, money talks, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you hear Harbaugh talk and, you know, it, it's either he's incredibly naive or, you know, shrewd or a combination of both when he's saying, I don't know, we fully expect him once he gets in here, you know, he's going to hop we're gonna hop on that train or we're just going to keep rolling. Yeah. And you know, I fully expect him here. Yep. And it's like, is, is he trolling a little bit here or, or you know, what is yeah, he a little bit of a poker know? face uh, yeah. to just be like, no, yeah. man, he's going to be here. He's not and going I'm, anywhere. Yeah. He will be playing. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what do they do if they don't come up with a contract situation on that? Is he going to set out? I mean, he could theoretically, he could yeah. set out the entire year. They could theoretically then tag him again and go right back through the same scenario, same situation. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I'm all, I'm a Lamar. I'm on Lamar's side on this, but slowly but surely, it's like, man, like it, it, he's got to start wearing down a little bit. You gotta think so. Well, and I, I do think too that it's kind of it, it gets. We've talked about this multiple times on the show, and 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 within our group chat, you know, uh, with 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 all of us. You know, everyone has a little bit of a different take on things, you know, mm-hmm. about uh, about this. And so, so some some points we all agree on, some points we we don't agree on with this. I think there is a way. I'm not saying that this is what's happening, but I think there's a way that Lamar Jackson's tweet 
could still be functioning as a way to keep him on the Ravens. And and what I mean by that is they're not getting anything done. If he wants to stay, even let's assume for a moment that he did want to stay on the Ravens. He still wants to find out and have somebody set his market value because right now his value in his mind is way up here. And in the Ravens mind, it's somewhere here. And he's hoping that someone else out there sees it the way he sees it. And therefore, there's an argument to be made to the Ravens that they should go higher. I think the Ravens have made him an offer that they believe is fair. Probably many offers at this point. And and there have been multiple reports that there have been a lot of offers made of various lengths and everything else. So at a certain point, I think it's kind of like, okay, man, we're going to let you go out there. And find your value for yourself and bring it back because we think we've done what's fair. And and he's gone out there and so far at least it's gone exactly the way Baltimore thought it would and probably not the way he thought it would. So if he wanted to stay with Baltimore, this can still facilitate that happening just to try to get some movement, to get something to be able to bring back to Baltimore. Right now, he's operating in a vacuum. And you never want to be in a situation where you're you're kind of bidding against yourself. Baltimore doesn't want to do that because they're not going to pay him more than they think they should pay him. And yeah. he doesn't want to just take that deal if he thinks there's some way bigger deal out there for him. And uh, it's going to get interesting. I mean, I, I but I do think, and I agree with what you're saying, like at a certain point, you either have to decide you're going to play football or you're not going to play football. He has not been lowballed by the Ravens by any stretch, in my opinion. He's been offered the second largest contract in NFL history. You can't claim that that, that is an insult to you. Uh, and I get the fact that he's a one-time MVP, right? We know all the stats and we can go back and forth. But if you know nothing about nothing – Statistically, he has declined each season. That's that's just an inarguable fact. He also, for the last two years, has not been healthy and finished the season. Most people, I think most sane people believe he could have played for the Ravens this year in the playoffs. And he chose not to. And so when you're going to make that move, to say, hey, I'm not going to show up, including in the playoffs, to, to help my team? Okay, well, that's a that's just maybe not the best way. Like, you're showing it's all business to you, so therefore you can't be upset if it's also all business to the team. And yeah. and that's, I mean, that is business, right? And and it wasn't yeah. that long ago. And And look, Lamar's earned his money. But it wasn't that long ago that he was sitting in that, in that green room or whatever on draft night and nobody, nobody was willing to pick him. And those who would have been interested were only interested in trying to force him into being a wide receiver or something like that and not play quarterback. And that doesn't mean that you should take some dramatic, huge you know, pay cut just to be able to stay with the Ravens because they took a chance on you. Right. But it also means that when they when they come back, they build an offense around you. They completely believe in you. They they support you in every way. And now they offer you the second biggest contract in history. 
that's not an insult, man. That's just, it's not, it may not be what he wants. And that's, that's, that's fair. He can want what he wants, but I think, you know, we're starting to see that maybe what he wants, he's just not going to get. And at a certain point, like you said, okay, does he hold out? And then he gets franchise tag and he's hold out again, or does he play? What does he do? Well, not only can he not ever make this money back that he's been losing, but this deal that he is rejecting now, if he were to wait, well, next year, he signing that same deal won't be any good either because the cap continues to go up. So now what's he going to want, right? Is he going to want, oh, I need now an even bigger deal to be able to do, you know, it's, it's, it's at a certain point, you just have to take what you take and feel good about it. Patrick Mahomes did it. Josh Allen did it. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and others will do it. You know, if your only interest is to say, I want to make every single penny I can possibly make, no matter what happens, then that's just a high risk move. And you can play that game. It's just a higher risk game. I think at a certain point, your your job as the face of the franchise is also to say, I want to make money, but I need to play and I want to play. And, uh, and, that, and, and I do think some confidence and trust had to have been eroded after bailing on the playoffs and not even traveling with the team last year. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, those are all good points. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw Jim Irsay, um, spoke yeah. with uh, an ESPN <laughs> reporter. He said, the money's not a problem. The, yep. It's the money. The money's not the problem. It's the compensation. I mean, I would argue that money is probably a problem if, uh, you're talking about compensation because I mean, you're, you're essentially giving up two first round picks. Um, now right. the Colts do have a high uh, pick this year. They do. Number and theoretically, they would have they would have a low pick next year. Theoretically, right? Because I mean, we always think of the Colts as a quarterback away every year. Yeah, you know, they go out and you know try to Carson Wentz, Philip Rivers, Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, it, it, right. So I mean, it, you know, since luck, it's always been that quarterback away. Got the defense. They've got the running backs. They've got the receivers. Yeah. Then on the quarterback. So I, I mean, to me, that's that's one you give up. Um, I, I want to throw something at you. So um, was reading some articles today. Uh, this was a, a, a trade idea per uh, SB Nation. Okay. 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 Sure. All right. So the Vikings. This this involves the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> you just had that. I just happened to have that. Handy. I had no idea you were going to ask me this. I literally had no idea. I happened to look over and I had that handy. So oh, well, look at that. <laughs> if there's any other team, I wouldn't. I don't have like a. If, if you're going to bring up the Jaguars, I don't have like. Rawr, you know, like, <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> well, that's great. All right, so listen. So the Vikings could offer to trade Kirk Cousins. Oh. Zadarius Smith, uh-huh. who who was a former Raven, absolutely, and next year's first round pick to the Ravens for Lamar Jackson. Now, of course, they said that each side would have to work on contracts with the QB that they would acquire. Now, you may say that sounds awful. That sounds terrible. I, I'm about fifty fifty in this camp. However, for the Ravens, they'd get Kirk Cousins this year for ten million dollars wow now wow. presumably they would have to give him some sort of guaranteed deal 
you know, for 2024, 2025. Um, the Ravens then would have sufficient draft capital to spend on a quarterback who could have a couple of years behind Cousins. And then they would remain remain competitive. Um, they brought up a great point. Uh, Kirk Cousins is way more durable than Lamar Jackson has ever been in his career. So it on the surface, you're like, ooh, that's kind of rough. But you do get a chance to build with Kirk. You can probably get him for two, three years yeah. at a $10 million salary. And that does leave you a lot of space then to <laughs> yes, go out does. and try and build up, um, you know, the team around them. Yeah. I mean, at that point you would maybe have the lowest paid starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, boy, that's interesting. And for uh, a guy who put up better numbers than Lamar did oh, last year. So yeah, well, it wouldn't even be close. I mean, now, you know, it helps when you're throwing to, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it really helps a lot. Yeah, but. I was just saying, is there any way Justin Jefferson can be included in this trade package? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you know what? Just keep Zadarius Smith. We'll take Justin yeah, Jefferson. We'll take Justin Jefferson. Maybe you can have his cousin or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, I, I, you know, at first glance, and I had not seen this this article with uh, SB Nation, so um, at first glance, I would say, no, but I will say that the reasoning I'm saying no is that you're really only talking about one year with Kirk Cousins with that advantage of such low cap space. So after that, you got to pay him and he's going to make a lot of money. And Zadarius Smith He's not, I mean, I like Zadarius Smith. He was supposed to yeah, come back to the Ravens before he, he bailed at the very last minute after yeah, he was, was really coming hard. into town yeah. to sign the contract. And at the last minute, the Vikings offered him more and he bailed. I like Zadarius. I was excited. Yeah. 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 I, I just don't think, and it would help our pass rush for sure. I mean, obviously the guy's a good player, but I yeah. just don't see that being impactful enough. I think well, you could package, I guess, maybe is what they're kind of saying is now then you would have the sufficient draft capital to spend on a quarterback to maybe move up and grab one. So because you're, mm. you know, the hope would be is that, oh, Colts are going to give up their number four pick and then we can take a quarterback if that's what we need. But I, I don't know that the Colts want to give up such a high draft pick right? Uh, just because they're probably in theory would hope they would never be that high ever again. So there's a big impact player they could get at that position. So is he going to be better than Lamar Jackson? Uh, that's the question I suppose, but uh, people do not want to give up the draft capital unless you, um, you know, are in Los Angeles, then you will get <laughs> anything and everything. You'll sell your yeah. soul to win that one Super Bowl. But most people, want to hang on to that draft capital. So especially that high draft capital. So, yeah, I agree. I'll tell you it's interesting. Well, there's one, there's a scenario that I was thinking about today and I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not calling this. I'm not predicting this, this early, but I thought about this today. I would maybe not be surprised in the third or fourth round to see the Ravens, Draft one Stetson Bennett. 
Todd Munkin, now the Ravens offensive coordinator, was obviously the offensive coordinator for Stetson Bennett in college, made him into you know what he became, knows exactly how to coach and design plays for him, get him incredibly cheap. I mean, it's going to be probably a third or fourth round pick to be able to get Stetson Bennett. Might be lower, to be honest. It could okay, yeah. be lower than that. Yeah, I mean, because I think they had the Steelers um... – uh, pegged with him, but I, but I want to say it was a sixth or seventh round wow. uh, okay. choice on him. So, but you know, people love quarterbacks. So you're right; it could end up being a fourth, fifth, yeah. maybe a third seems early. But um, even if it's a fourth or fifth, so. right? I mean, like, yeah, what a huge win! And and I really yeah. think that could happen, even if Lamar doesn't get traded. But it's if he doesn't get traded, but he does have to play under the tag. So. I see a scenario where Lamar stays on the Ravens under the franchise tag. The Ravens draft Stetson Bennett. He gets a year behind Lamar. And then let's face it. If things work out with Lamar long-term, you only invested a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, whatever it was in Stetson Bennett. It's not a massive loss. And if things don't work out, then you have your best chance for Stetson Bennett to be successful by continuing to play in the same system under the same offensive coordinator that he was successful yeah. in in college. And it could be a way for for the Ravens to kind of create the best-case scenario of a win-win. The non-exclusive franchise tag pays Lamar $32 million. So that's a very low-cap hit for, for this upcoming year. You draft Stetson Bennett, you have a year there, and then if Lamar leaves, you're still in an incredibly even, – even, dramatically lower with what you'd be paying a, a fourth or fifth round quarterback, um, you know, for the next four years or whatever it would be. I think the, I think when you get into that low, it's a, it's a four year contract. So it'd be three more years. Um, but yeah, I'm not hundred percent. Sure. It could be a three year. I, I don't remember. It could be lower. I feel yeah. like they go lower contracts, but still either way. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Still going to have a few years. Uh, of him number. under an incredibly yeah. low, you know, cap space. So, yeah, I just think there's some there's some moving parts there. But I, I did have a couple quick quotes too, because you know the team that that we've been talking about privately and and you know one of the teams that makes so much sense here being the Colts is these comments from Colts GM Chris Ballard on Lamar Jackson. Anytime a special player is available, which he is, you've got to do the work. I'm not going to get into deep discussions on where it's at or what we're doing or what we might do. But what I'll tell you is he's a really good player, a really special player. But you never know how any of this will work out. He added, but I think anytime at that position we have a chance to acquire a guy, you've got to do your work on it and see if it's doable. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. What should have been a quote from 31 other teams right. as well. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, nothing else, man. Blow the smoke. I mean, make your, yeah. make your franchise, make your fans think you're at least you're trying. So. Yeah. But yeah. Instead, Washington Commanders came out today and said, Martin Mayhew, the GM of the, of the Commanders, came out and said, they're not interested in Lamar. They've never had conversation about it. It's just, they're just not, not a consideration for them. Not good. Well, when you're... The, Coaching for uh, another team next year, or you know, <laughs> trying to find a job as an assistant next year. Well, you can thank, uh, yeah, you not uh, having any interest in a twenty-four-year-old MVP. So it is, it is weird to me. And and, and look, 
I happen to, I, I've been transparent about this here on the show. I'm a Ravens fan. I grew up in Baltimore. Don't live there now, but uh, but I grew up there. I watch all the Ravens games. I went to the Super Bowl in 2012. I go to the playoff games. Like I am, uh, I, I I'm plugged in on what's going on with the Ravens, and Lamar has an incredible amount of talent. But as someone who has pretty much watched every single snap that Lamar has played since he's been in the NFL, he's also incredibly frustrating, incredibly frustrating, and. It, it's it's like you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And these teams that are out here, if they think, and this is really where it comes down to it, if they think that they can develop something in the draft, then it, obviously that makes more sense. If you really feel confident, hey, we're going to get a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young or even a Will Levis, or it doesn't matter who it is. We really think we're going to get this guy and this is the guy. Well, then obviously that's the that's the right move. But if you're a team like the Colts, you haven't done it. You haven't right. solved this problem. I mean, when was Andrew Luck drafted? Like 2012? I mean, there's it's there's no I, I don't remember exactly what year what year he was drafted, but yeah. it's probably right around there. And so when you go back and you look like, okay, man, if that's the case, and I again I threw a year out there as 2012, we can look it up, but but regardless, that's 10 or 11 years now. And the only thing that you've been able to do is try to bring in veteran guys on the back ends of their career and try to get them turned around with zero success. So here's an opportunity. Like, here's your chance. If you really want to solve your problem, you have the chance to solve your problem. And yeah. will it cost you money? Of course, it's going to cost you money. But how many, like the idea of, well, we don't want to give up to two number ones, two first round draft picks. Of course you don't. Who does? However, if he really would solve your problem and you knew you'd win minimally one Super Bowl, you'd give up four number ones. You give up, like, yes. You, you wouldn't even think twice about it. There would be no exactly. consideration. So the bigger concern for teams on some level has to be, do we think we can win a Super Bowl with Lamar? And if they really genuinely believed that they could – then I think the draft capital's a non-issue. I I agree, I agree. Which is going to lead me into my other. <laughs> well, you may be heading here too, but the uh, the Aaron Rodgers saga <sighs> and and the Jets and the Packers. So right now, according to Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, they're stuck because of the protections on a on a twenty twenty four draft pick if Rodgers retires after the upcoming right. season. So they're stuck on this. And, and apparently the compensation right now is a second round pick in 2023 and a second round pick in 2014. If you think you can win with Aaron Rodgers and maybe not even win a Super Bowl. At least be a relevant team in the playoff. Yeah. 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 Make the playoffs for the first time since, I don't know, 2012. I'm yeah. going to guess somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. I, I don't even know for sure. But if you even winning season since then. If you think you can win with him, give up, give up your two draft picks. Like don't, don't yeah, attach two second rounders. I mean, that's, that's like, a, right. Yeah. That's silly. And the if off, it was two firsts, chance, I understand it. Yeah. And if you take, if he takes them deep into the playoffs, 
Uh, we know Rogers loves the spotlight. We've already right. talked about it numerous times Absolutely. here. He's going to play again. He's going to think he can come back and take them all the way. Yep. So I, I just, I, I can't believe you would be stuck on wanting some sort of out. If he decides he's going to retire after this year, uh, that's crazy to me. I mean, you wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers right now for two second round draft picks. Right. If that meant that you could get to the, you know, the AFC championship game, you yeah. wouldn't take that. I, it just, yeah, it, it, it seems um, like like we're uh, splitting hairs here, to be honest. It, it just, uh, I, I don't I don't understand why you would uh, not take that deal uh, immediately. And Packers, because well, we all thought the Packers wanted a Russell Wilson type of pack. Right. Now we're hearing it. <laughs> yeah. Two second round picks. Like, yeah. Grant, you got to take that contract on. However, you're not even taking on the bulk of that contract. Right. You're, you're, their cap hit, I think, is probably less than twenty million. I want to say it's probably somewhere in that thirteen to fifteen million range is what the Jets cap hit would be. Yeah. Well, and again, we've talked about this a ton privately as far as why, why, why would the Jets not be in on Lamar Jackson? I mean, that's it. Now, I will tell you there's one other part, right? Because clearly the Jets should be in on Lamar Jackson. It makes so much more sense for them than Aaron Rodgers does, unless you just don't believe that you can win with Lamar. But I will tell you the one thing here that I haven't heard talked about anywhere. I'm sure it has been. I just haven't heard it talked about anywhere. The GM for the Jets is Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas, for years and years and years, he came up in the Ravens organization. Sure he left the Ravens to become the GM of the Jets. If anyone would have an inside track on information about Lamar Jackson, he has all of the relationships with Harbaugh and everyone else in the front office, Eric DaCosta, Ozzie Newsome, everybody, all of the scouts and all of those things. He can find out information. If the Jets are absolutely not interested in Lamar Jackson, you have to think that Joe Douglas got information from the Ravens that would have turned him off. At least that's my thinking just from a common sense perspective that I'm not even going to examine this guy, even though he came up in an organization that I worked for for years and years and years and years. And I know tons of people there. If they were only telling him, man, this Lamar guy is amazing. This is, trust me, he's unbelievable. With everything else that the Jets have in place already, you just got to believe he'd be like, okay, guys, what, what do we need to do to make it work? Like, he wants to get out of there. I'd love to bring him here. We know each other. We can work together. Like, what do we need to do? And instead, yeah. they're pursuing, relentlessly, doggedly pursuing Aaron Rodgers. And even more recently, Joe Douglas has said, like, no, we have a plan at quarterback, and we're going to stick to the plan. Now, unless he meant that their plan is Lamar and they're keeping it a secret, seemingly <laughs> <Right>. his, seemingly <laughs> the plan is Aaron Rodgers. And so, again, it's this yeah. thing of a lack of interest in Lamar. It, why would that be? I, I, you know, Again, it, it, maybe it is as simple as nobody wants to guarantee money. And Jim Ursay of the Colts did say, as an owner, he's opposed to guaranteed contracts, which all owners would be. There's no reason that they wouldn't be. But separately from that, you do have to wonder, is there something a little more to it? Is there some bit of information there that that people know? And 
Yeah, we don't know possible. that. I mean, we may never know that, but but there may be something more to it. Because uh, I just uh, we've had this discussion and we've gone way too long on this, but if you're willing to give someone a hundred and seventy million guaranteed, what is an extra thirty million? I, I just it, it's got to be more than that. I, I mean, I get maybe not guaranteed a full contract because and it may not even be giving a full contract to Lamar, a full guarantee contract. It's just because, you know, he's going to get a majority of that contract guaranteed, regardless if he yeah. resigns or not. It's just the precedent. I think that it sets that now right. everybody will want that guarantee contract. Running That's backs right. will want it. Offensive linemen are going to want it receivers. So it's just going to go right down the line that everyone's going to start. That's going to be now the new starting point. Yep. In negotiations, 100% on what my contract guaranteed. Yeah. And they, that's what it is. I don't even know if it's so much giving Lamar the guarantees. Yeah. I, I think it's just the precedent that it sets giving Lamar the guarantee. Yeah, I think Lamar's either in the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. But he he's, so. he's at that tipping point of – and again, it's only because he's negotiating this before Joe Burrow – and before Justin Herbert and before, you know, any of these other guys uh, that, that, you know, that have uh, Trevor Lawrence and these others that, that are going to have big deals coming up. So it, it's just a, you know, he, he's in that position where he can ask for it, but he needs to really think about how long, like, is this the mountain you're willing to die on? And if he is, then more power to him. But I, I don't know that it's worth it. I don't know that... It, because the flip side of what you just said, which is, okay, if you're getting $175 million guaranteed, what's the difference between that and two hundred? I mean, you could say the same thing about the player, right? Sure. Okay, man, you're probably going to get the rest of this anyway. So you came from nothing. You played for free in college. You now have this opportunity. You can make $175 million guaranteed no matter what happens. We're, we're throwing this number around. Just you know, sure. happen to be what you mentioned. But if you're making $175 million guaranteed no matter what happens, but you don't want to play until it's 200 but by not playing, you may ensure the fact that it never ends up being 200 Well, I want to tell you what this looks like, and, and you, you hope that it doesn't <laughs> go that way. This is Le'Veon Bell, I, right? I knew that's where you were going, 100%, and I this agree with you. Bell. Yep. And it became a matter of principle for him at that point. That's he right. less money to go play with the Jets. Had he played for the Steelers and taken the contract the Steelers offered him, he makes more money. Yeah. Instead, he he stuck to his guns. He holds out, does everything he can to get, you know, uh, to get traded, and ends up with the Jets and is less money. And, it and plays terribly. Became, Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, what I mean, that was a terrible, uh, yeah, terrible choice for the Jets to give him that much money. Um, he fit perfectly in our system, our scheme, and yep. yeah, he just that just wasn't the same, right? But you know, it became more of a well, I, I don't, I won't say pride because I don't, you know, I don't know his full story, but it almost felt like a a pride thing at that point. Well, yeah, you know what, I can't, I can't come back here and sign with them. I'm, I'm just gonna have to go elsewhere so we'll see if it's gonna be the same type of a situation it's it's leaning that way so sure we'll seems see. like it man and and you know you yeah. see a guy you don't want to see him cut his nose off to spite his face but at the same time 
Lamar Jackson has the right to cut his nose off to spite his face if that's what he wants to do. You just, sure. I feel like more and more people are starting to look at this kind of going like, okay, man, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, like you got to do, you got to, you got to bend a little bit. And yeah. that he just has not, has not shown a willingness to bend. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, we'll he's see. already lost $42 million to Josh Allen. Boy, I bet that 2% uh, that he didn't want to pay That's an right. agent would be. <laughs> quite helpful to him right now but okay yeah well as we move off of that we do you know we mentioned the washington commanders and how they probably should be a team as well that's in the lamar jackson hunt but they have said or at least claimed publicly that they are not uh however there still are a lot of changes going on in washington so two things that that i wanted to touch on and we don't necessarily need to spend a ton of time on this but i thought one that's really interesting owner Current owner, Dan Snyder, everyone knows is, you know, potentially closing in on a sale of the Washington Commanders. And the story came out, I guess, a little while back, uh, three, four weeks ago, maybe. It was kind of very under the radar. I hadn't really heard it. And then now it came out a little bit more publicly that part of what he's looking for is complete indemnification if he sells the team. He does not want to be able to be sued and he wants to be completely protected by the league and he wants all of his legal fees covered by the league if anything were to happen. And I thought it was just incredible that, I mean, look, he's not a dummy. I mean, it makes sense, right? right. It's like, hey, you want me to sell the team so bad? You want to get rid of me? Fine. No problem. Here's what it's going to take, you know? Yep. And, and of course, they, they've already said that, that, you know, they don't see that happening. They don't see why they would make these special exceptions and everything else. But I thought it was interesting because clearly the, the investigations are ongoing. Clearly, Dan Snyder, you know, if he wants to get out of this scot-free, he needs that indemnification because we're talking about legal issues. These don't just go away because, hey, well, I sold the team. It doesn't matter. Don't worry. It's like okay, if I, I was the getaway that. driver for a bank robbery and then I sold the car, I don't just get to say, like, I don't even own that car anymore. Like, don't bother me about it. It, just, it doesn't work that way. You're yeah. still Dan Snyder. You still owned the team when a lot of illegal things apparently happened. You're In still going to have to answer for that. In the words of Michael Scott, it's okay. It's double jeopardy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's exactly Happen on property right. with yeah. property. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's double it's jeopardy. kind of crazy, but it's but it's it's smart, and certainly Dan Snyder trying to invoke his own double jeopardy uh, clause on this. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting, and uh, and and just to kind of understand where that could end up going. Uh, but also the big news, and this is going right before we, we started, you know, shooting tonight is that there have been officially two bids that have come in for the Washington commanders at $6 billion. We talked on the show, I think it was last week, about what we thought that, that the team would sell for. And we said, we thought 6 billion was the floor. And yeah. I believe you said six billion. I think Hefe said six point one, and I said I felt like it could possibly go as high as six point five. And we have two two bids now at six. So now I'm I can only assume. I don't know if it's just you just take one of these bids or if maybe it's hey come on back with your with your best offer because it's a tie yeah. it's tie game right now. <laughs> I don't know game. how that works. Is it like Point eBay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I just do a buy it now or do I have to keep yeah. bidding? So I'm not sure how that works, but they've had two bids. So one of them is the Josh Harris Mitchell Rails group that includes Magic Johnson. 
And we talked about them last week. Josh Harris owns the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils in hockey. And, uh, and he would be now owning the uh, commanders as well. And then Canadian billionaire Steve Aposta, Apostolopoulos has also submitted a fully funded $6 billion offer for the commanders. And so keep in mind, the previous record was $4.65 billion. So we've gone year. in one year. Yeah, exactly. In one <laughs> yeah. year from 4.65 billion to 6 billion. I mean, that is a heck of a jump. And, and now potentially, I don't know if they're going to do a bidding war if that happens or not, but this is certainly in, in a scenario that that could make sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, and you know, Denver, I guess maybe it's all location at this point, but Denver already had a stadium. They already had a halfway decent right. team. You know, you, we've talked about this numerous times, how terrible FedEx is, uh, FedEx Field. Yes. And FedEx themselves, you know, I, I, they're okay, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, FedEx for package Field, delivery, FedEx is perfectly fine, that. yes. but They're fine, fine. But, <laughs> FedEx Field know, is thankfully then, not, or FedEx is not the FedEx Field of package delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, yeah. <laughs> you still so, would never get there. It'd be packaged from the 70s that still hasn't been delivered. <laughs> A hundred percent. So, yeah, it's crazy that uh, that it would be that much more. So, I, I guess location is what it's all about. I, I or that's just what, I, just what it takes these days. Uh, it, it, this is way off topic, but don't you think there's? I mean, somebody at some point is going to take a loss on one of these things. At some point. They're going to bid, and then the team is going to go down in value. It has to happen, <laughs> I right? Know, I mean, sooner or later, there has to <laughs> be a ceiling. Right. We talk about the housing. You know, like, at some point, like, you're going to buy a house, and it's going to be not worth that much money. Like, it just yeah. cannot go up forever. I wonder if that's the same with the NFL teams or, you know, any, I guess, sports sports team. But so far, no. It. it Six billion, yeah. and that's a guarantee. That's why he wants indemnification, Dan Snyder's, because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to have to spend any of that six billion. Like, all that's right, right. Well, I'll get six billion, but what if I got to spend a billion to defend <laughs> all this and pay out everything? Like, no way, you know. So. <laughs> well, it's now, crazy too. I guess so. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say. I guess there's a growing belief that um, that the team could be sold by before the draft, which is coming up, April twenty seventh, the draft. So. That's a month, it's less a, than a month at this point. So, yeah, they, I think there, there, the belief was that there was going to be movement on this during the owners' meetings, yep. which are going on right which, now. But then there's the seemingly nothing on the agenda about it yet. And I yeah. will say, and it, it has to be noted, we talked about Josh Harris and that group with Magic Johnson and Mitchell Rails offering six billion. Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos. As you mentioned, Steve Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus, yep. Mm-hmm. Six billion. They're, they also, at one point, at least Tillman Fertitta uh, yep. ha, ha, was interested as well. And then there's one other interesting scenario that has come out about an anonymous, anonymous group. An anonymous Mr. group Bitter. that has been touring the facilities. Now... Who I could I'm gonna say I'm gonna put this out here right now. I wanna I wanna quell any rumors or speculation. It was not me. I was not part, even part of that of that of that bidding group and that tour. But 
But boy, it makes me hearken back to this very show (laughs) months and months ago where I was saying Jeff Bezos. And as much as we know that, okay, yes, it's all, it's very public about how Dan Snyder said, no, he wouldn't accept a bid from Bezos, hates Bezos. Bezos owns the Washington Post. Washington Post has been critical of Dan Snyder. Then, though, some stories came out that said, oh, no, Dan Snyder would be open to Jeff Bezos. That's kind of been overblown a little bit. Man, it would be pretty interesting if you leaked how much the current bids were when you had the richest dude in the world who was maybe anonymously touring your facilities as well and now knows exactly what his bid would have to be uh, in order to win. So... I don't know. Something to keep an eye on. We shall see. We might we might be seeing uh, Prime Stadium, uh, home of the Washington <laughs> Commanders, uh, sometime sometime soon. So uh, again, that's just speculation. I want to be clear none of our none of our sources with the team have uh, informed us of anything. This is just strictly speculation. But at the same time, I think it makes sense. Uh, so it does. anyway. Enough about enough about the Washington Commanders. I feel like we end up talking a lot about them on this show for oh, some why? reason. Why? Yeah, <laughs> makes no sense. I don't know how like, we keep getting tricked like into a, this, like a fan account here or something. <laughs> like, uh, Somehow we keep getting sucked into talking about the Washington Commanders. Co- commander stands. Like, <laughs> well, listen, I'm going to now go way in the other direction. So, if we wanted to cleanse the palate on talking about the Washington Commanders, this will do it. We're going to talk a little crypto and yeah, yeah. And there, this is a very ever changing market. Uh, You and I have some knowledge in crypto. We have some experience in crypto. We certainly have holdings in crypto. We've made and lost money in crypto. And, uh, and so things have really gotten interesting recently. We know already about uh, the, the the two banks recently that just shut down and went insolvent, who were major lenders in the crypto space. Now, Binance. And Binance is one of the largest crypto exchanges uh, in the world. You and I both use Binance. Um, it's fine. You know, it's just a normal crypto exchange. It's, it's pretty easy to use. You know, there, there are some out there that are... Definitely better than others. Binance is is pretty solid. One of the things with Binance, though, is that it is an offshore exchange. It's not based in the U.S. And so they've been doing things because they believe that they should not have to listen to U.S. laws. At least that's what the U.S. is out. uh, The allegations are. Binance is essentially saying that uh, they haven't done these things. So to give you the rundown. The whole idea is that if you live in America, you're not allowed to trade crypto derivatives, not that you can't buy crypto itself, but derivatives are a whole other thing. And Binance is, of course, a huge international platform basically for trading crypto derivatives. You're not allowed to let Americans trade those products if you haven't registered with a section of the federal government called the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, or CFTC. So today, or yesterday, I think it was, that regulator, the CFTC, sued Binance. Binance is the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange for allegedly doing exactly that, 
for what the CFTC says is that Binance and its CEO violated U.S. trading laws by, among other things, secretly coaching VIP customers within the United States on how to evade compliance controls. And the commission that regulates U.S. derivatives trading said the company and its CAO, his name's Changpeng Zhao, but he's known as CZ, instructed its employees and customers to circumvent compliance controls in order to maximize corporate profits. If you're in crypto at all, you know CZ. CZ's on Twitter all the time. He's tweeting stuff. He's a very kind of interesting guy, Chinese. uh, I was going to say Chinese immigrant. I don't think he's ever emigrated. But it's very interesting because he does he he openly says that Binance has no corporate headquarters, that the corporate headquarters for Binance is wherever he happens to be at any given period in time. Like <laughs> where, I, where I am, that's corporate headquarters. This is that's how it works. And so he stays in Hong Kong and, you know, and travels around the world and stuff. And look, to the to the uninitiated, the world of crypto is incredibly shady and sketchy and People think of it as only being criminals and stuff like that. And there is a lot of that. <laughs> not not all just like black market criminal stuff, but there are lots of, you know, it doesn't take any anyone. We could create a cryptocurrency ourselves and put it up there and make money and then just shut it down and steal everyone's money if that's what we wanted to do. There are massive risks in crypto. It's also what makes it so potentially profitable. And we, again, we've both made a lot of money in crypto. We've lost money as well. And, and so, you know, you end up in that back and forth of, you know, is, uh, is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Is it worth it to take the risk to be able to make the money? And I think the bigger thing is we are seeing the government really starting to put the screws to everything as it pertains to crypto. Because to give you an idea and just going to run it down for you, we know already about this situation now with Binance. Not that long ago, we had the complete epic collapse of FTX and was it $50 billion or some obscene amount that got wiped out from that. Then we also had uh, Duquan and the Terra Luna meltdown, which was, again, billions and billions and billions of dollars. And they just caught him finally. Uh, He's been, I don't want to say on the run because he says he wasn't on the run. He was just, I guess, (laughs) hiding very carefully in random parts around the world. It's like, where's Waldo also wasn't on the run, I guess. He just wasn't being found. (laughs) Sure. So, so yeah, so you end up in all of these situations. And then, of course, you end up with Silvergate and Signature Bank both collapsing as well. And you start to wonder, okay, how much of this is willful decision-making by the U.S. government to – Put a stranglehold on crypto, which you and I have talked about for for years now as as a very realistic, likely scenario that's going to happen, and sure yeah. seems to be. Um, and who's who is going to survive and how? And Binance is the world's largest crypto exchange. So if the U.S. government is going after the world's largest, they're really trying to make examples of of all of these people. So so I don't know what what are your, what are your thoughts on it, man? I mean, I, I know we kind of have I think very similar thoughts on crypto in general and the and the government's role in it. But you know, what, what do you think about this stuff that's going on? Yeah, no, I mean, one hundred percent. It's um, 
the, it, clearly our government does not want people to be invested in a digital currency. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not unless, unless it's, it's their, their own, own when they come out with unless it. Unless <laughs> it's their own. Exactly. <laughs> right. So they're going to do everything they can because of course they don't want to devalue the dollar any more than it has been. You heard, uh, uh, who was the, uh, was it, uh, it probably wasn't Africa, but there was uh, someone who came out and said, don't, don't use the dollar. And, you know, mm. it, it was, it, it yeah. was a prime minister of some country and I, I, I evades my mind right now, but I mean, there's, you know, and all these banks collapsing, you know, it, it's just, yeah, they don't, they don't want it. They don't, they don't like it. And I tell you, there's a lot, most of it is just all the old heads, right? Because I mean, you've yeah. got, Charlie Munger, who's 99 years old and coming out and saying like, <laughs> it's all the scam. And yeah, I'm like, bro, you're, you're like, you're going to be around for another at best five years. Right. I mean, like what, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I, I six just, months. <laughs> I mean, right. You're 99 years old at this yeah. point. Like what, why is anyone going to this guy asking him his, his opinion about this is, is beyond me, but yeah, it, man, I, I don't, I don't, it, they don't like it, of course, and no. they're doing everything. And you re read some of the stuff that they write and they say, you know, you'll, you'll hear Elizabeth Warren talk about it and, and, you know, she'll get on Twitter and, and you're just like, I, I know so little about crypto. You know nothing yeah. at this point the because stuff you, you see the stuff. It's out, wrong. It's just, uh, it's yeah, either willfully wrong or it's a lie. And both, right. More yeah. than likely, it's both, right? I mean, you know, all the money laundering. And I'm like, crypto's been around for, let's give it 15 years. And right. it's been around mainstream. Let's give it eight years, 10 years, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And <laughs> how long has money laundering been going on in the United <laughs> States? To say like, oh, this is nothing but, but an enterprise for criminals and money laundering. This happens every single day. Yeah, this is what happens to my tax money every time I pay it to you. You guys <laughs> launder it and put it somewhere else. That's right. You don't like that. You don't have control of it, so you will do whatever you can. And you know, the vast majority of the people in this country don't. I, I have no clue. I, I promise you, I could ask my mom what crypto is, and she, she would think it's a you know it's a, some sort of arthritic <laughs> disease. She would have no clue what cryptocurrency yeah. is. And I, that's a vast majority of the United States. So when you can get your message out there that, oh, this is, you know, they're just stealing people's money left that's and right. right. Keep them scared. They, that's it. That's exactly what you're going to do. Little do you know, like, no, I really don't need you, government. I've got, you know. That's right. So, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. But, I mean, but, but not to think that, do you know, Duquan or even CZ, aren't out here taking people's money. You have to be crazy to think yeah. that you know, they're doing everything, you know, <laughs> above yeah. water, you know, above board, whatever the saying yeah. is, uh, is it's yeah, no, not at all. Well, no, I mean, look, here's the thing that I think people maybe lose sight of just a little bit, which is the, the, the level of wealth that these, that these people are, are, working on and working at and handling and dealing with like this is this is exactly how and why you know that that crypto is not solely about money laundering because it's these criminals and this drug dealers and doing all these bad things do you understand the level of cz himself cz just cz the ceo of binance 
is worth $10.5 billion. Just him, not Binance. Binance is probably worth hundreds of billions of dollars. CZ just himself is worth $10.5 billion. And no one, less than one-tenth of 1% of the population, if you walked up to them and said, hey, are you familiar with Changpeng Zhao? No. Really, the, 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 the crypto CEO? No. The guy who's worth $10 billion? Nope. Never heard of him. And so the, the amount of money, same thing with FTX and Sam Bankman Fried, these guys that, that are worth tens of billions of dollars, they're not making it because some guy is trying to sell pot to somebody and doesn't want to write a check. So he's using crypto. <laughs> like that's just not what's happening, man. It's exactly. It. And then the fact that every transaction can be, yes. can be identified, that's the thing. We know where every transaction goes. Now, I mean, there's other ways around it. And you and I both have um, um, our opinions on, you know, NFTs and, sure. you know, those, you know, JPEG rocks that were being sold for <laughs> now. Could that possibly be money laundering? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to leave the door open on that one. Yeah, that's oh, very man. possible. I'll crack it open just in case anyone wants to, <laughs> needs to come in. But yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. But I mean, every transaction can be traced, and that's the whole beauty of, of crypto. So, yeah. Uh, it's so it, much it, better than regular banking. I mean, look, we could spend a whole – we we'll have to do maybe a crypto episode sometime. But like crypto is so much better than regular banking. The idea, like, okay, so, uh, you know, I, look, I'm trying to figure out what a nice way is to say this. I, ha I have a few houses, right? And so I have houses in different states. When I've had to deal with a house out of state and I've had to buy it, the wiring of the money has caused me so much frustration and so much stress that oftentimes I literally had to delay a closing of a house because my bank couldn't get the money wired for closing in time. In crypto, I could have just opened my phone and just said, oh, yeah, how, how much is it? 30,000 in Bitcoin? Boom. Here you go. And within about 30 seconds, it would have been there instantly. No issues whatsoever. Smooth. I, there's nothing to worry about. There you go. And this idea, and that could be anywhere in the world. So the thing that people don't understand is, what about okay, exchange rates? They don't exist. There is no exchange rates in crypto. Uh, Bitcoin in China is the same as Bitcoin here or India or Pakistan or Antarctica. It doesn't matter. If I send someone a Bitcoin, I've sent them that Bitcoin and the, the value is the same. So here's, go ahead. here's what here, you know, here, here's what crypto does, though. And this is especially what the old heads don't like is it evens the playing field. That's right. So now in Africa, you're your Bitcoin is worth the same amount as my Bitcoin. Here. That's right. There's nothing else. You know, you, 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 we're not, you know, your, our coin or our dollar isn't worth, you know, a billion of yours. It's, That's right. uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's all even footing. So and people don't like that. No. And it's so true because anything with crypto and, 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 and even if we, you know, any of them really in, in a perfect world, but even if you get it specifically the thing that most people would have heard the most about, which is Bitcoin, there's no central authority. So that means the government's not needed. There isn't anyone who's choosing what the rules are. 
Bitcoin's value is the value that is, it fluctuates, of course, but it's based on supply and demand. And here's the thing that, that, that I always get a kick out of. They talk about like, and I've literally heard Elizabeth Warren say this, that one of the concerns about this crypto is how can it, how can you know it's going to hold its value if they can just make more of it? (laughs) It is like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So wait a minute. Our printers have run out of ink. Here yeah, exactly. What is the like? Yeah. No one, no one is 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 creating more money than the U.S. government. So as right. it comes to how do we the, the 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 only reason that a dollar is worth a dollar is a shared delusion that it's worth a dollar. There's nothing, nothing that makes it anything more than a piece of paper, other than a shared belief that it is. There's we're not on the gold standard. However, with Bitcoin, there is a finite number of Bitcoin that exist. No more can be made. 21 million total. That's it. And guess what? Out of the 21 million total Bitcoin that exist in the entire world, uh, just about 19 million of them are in circulation. Right? And so the people and, and for, uh, he takes a lot of heat online, but a guy like Michael Saylor. As who's just been pouring money, pouring money, pouring money. I'm drawing a blank on Michael Saylor's company for some reason because I know it so well. Uh, I'm sure you know it too, but I'm just I'm drawing a blank on on the name of the company. But regardless, pours money into buying up Bitcoin because he knows it's a store of value. This is a store of value. This is this is going to be and and has has it fluctuated wildly? Absolutely, been down as low as sixteen thousand dollars per bitcoin has been as high as sixty nine sixty eight thousand dollars for bitcoin it's a big swing but you gather it i mean you and i both have bitcoin and are continuing to to amass more of it and it, it just it just makes sense and so this idea that like no 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 we need to stay with this very antiquated financial system because yeah. because it's better and safer it is not better and it is not safer there's nothing better and safer than the blockchain like that's, that's what's, that's, what's good. That's what prevents fraud. That's what guarantees that people actually get what they're supposed to get. Literally when you wire money, the bank makes sure they say, we let's triple check this routing number, because if we send this to the wrong number, there's no way we can get the money back. It's like, well, wait, what? So you mean to tell me if I accidentally switched a five, six to a six, five, I just lost 50 grand that I wired because it just, it's gone now. Okay. So then what's the difference, right? On the blockchain, I can at least see there's a ledger. I can know exactly what the transaction is and I can verify that it was received and everything else. It's just, you know, I don't know. We could go, we could keep going down this rabbit hole for quite a while, but we, 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 you and I have passionate feelings uh, as well as investments in, in cryptocurrency. So we're, we're certainly not going to make it seem as if we're unbiased We're quite biased. Uh, but I think we're just biased toward common sense and progress. Sure. And that's what, you know, unfortunately, a lot of government entities are not interested in. Not interested at all. Yeah. So frustrating. Um, okay. So all of that having been said, we have a new segment tonight. It's one that I am very excited about and very curious to see. Because this is your segment. And so, in fact, I hear something off in the distance. What is oh, that? no. Is it's it? a stampede. 
that's, that's, that's what we're going to come up with on short notice. <laughs> I thought I'd surprise you with that. No, that's good. I like that. <laughs> so, yes, that yeah. is the new, that's our new segment on here. It's yeah. called the Stampede. Oh, no. And it's a stampede. <laughs> and so, so why don't we explain to the people what the stampede is? I'll let you, I'll let uh, you explain right. it. Sure. Well, I'm not sure I can explain it after that intro. It's pretty much. Pretty sure the segment just died. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, if it ever sticks around, the stampede is going to be a quick, no thinking about it, uh, quick answers. Uh, it will be in the vein of a start one, bench one, cut one situation. I'm going to give you three different people, movies, TV shows. Food, uh, different things that are going to come down the pipeline on this. And it's just rapid and, fire, just bang, bang, bang. rapid fire. You're not going to have a whole lot of time to think about this. Uh, at okay. the end, we may circle back and we'll talk about one or, or two of them, but um, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll give it a, uh, a start here. So start one, bench one, cut one, NFL edition. Okay, start one, the, bench one, cut one. Start one, bench one, cut one, NFL edition. Devontae Adams. Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> it's only going to get harder from here. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. Let me think here. Okay, start one, bench one, cut one. Devontae That Adams. is a stampede. It's a stampede. <laughs> you don't have time to think. Oh, God. Okay, I am going to start Jamar Chase. I'm going to bench Devontae Adams. I'm going to cut Tyreek Hill. Ooh, okay. Already starting out. Not an easy I'm, one. Uh, that is not an easy one. <laughs> I'm you? going to start Devante. Mm. I'm going to bench Tyreek, and I'm going Ooh. to cut Jamar. Wow, really going the opposite. Okay. Right. Nice. Start one. Start one, bench one, cut one. Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy. I will always start with cutting Jared Goff. Even when you don't ask. <laughs> Even if he's not involved in it. It can be a favorite restaurant. I'm going to say cut Jared Goff. Uh, he did play great last year. Shout out Jared Goff. Um, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to cut Jared Goff. And so now okay. I'm between Brock Purdy and Derek Carr. Oh, man, this is tough. Look, I, I okay, I... If the game's on the line, I gotta I gotta go with what I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna start Derek Carr. I'm gonna bench Brock Purdy, and I'll cut Jared Goff. That's okay. tough. It's tough. Uh, I'll do pretty much the same, except for I'm gonna start Derek Carr. I'm gonna bench Jared Goff, mm. and I'm going to cut Brock Purdy. Okay, too new. Too. That's too my new. concern. We're, we're yes. working on a recency bias here. All right. Very true. Start one, bench one, cut one, NBA edition. Oh, boy. Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Garnett. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, 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 what? Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Okay. I, I can do this. I can do this. Okay. I'm going to cut Anthony Davis. Uh, this is incredibly difficult. Yeah. I'm, uh, I have to, I'm choosing between my head and my heart here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to mm-hmm. go with my head and my head says, start Giannis bench KG cut Anthony Davis. Okay. Anthony Davis, healthy, always healthy. If he stays healthy, I, I probably would start him over all of them. However, he's also my cuts. I'm going to start Kevin Garnett. Mm. I'm going to bench, uh, bench Giannis, and I am going to, again, cut Anthony Davis. All right. Start one, bench one, cut one, baseball edition. Oh, my. Okay. Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge. Oh, man. Oh my God. Come on, man. Lord, we may never bring this segment back because we've asked every <laughs> every hard question already. Okay. I'm going to start Mike Trout. I'm going to bench. No. Yeah, I'm going to start Mike Trout. I'm going to bench Bryce Harper, and I'm going to cut Aaron Judge. Yeah, uh, that's the same. That's a tough one for me just because, I mean, if Aaron Judge continues and, and he, it, again, if he stays healthy, not that Bryce has ever been extremely healthy. True. Uh, it's hard, man. Uh, you know what? I just already changed my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting Mike Trout. I am benching Aaron Judge and I'm cutting Ooh. Bryce Harper. Okay. All right. Nice. Start one. Start one. Bench one. Cut one. TV shows. And you're going to hate me for this one. <laughs> Seinfeld, The Office, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, come on, dude. There's no, there's no way. There's no way. I'd rather Gotta just do it. I'd cut my own self. I'd cut my throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. Seinfeld, The Office, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. 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 I am going to boy, this is incredibly hard. I'm gonna start the office. I am oh man. Okay. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go. This is a stampede. I'm about to get trampled. I am going to start the office. I'm going to bench curb your enthusiasm, and I'm gonna cut Seinfeld. Whew. And I love Seinfeld. Oh, I, I also, I mean, Seinfeld. I clearly love the other two too. Good Lord. This oh, is impossible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What so, do you got? I, I'm starting I'm the office. to calm my nerves. Uh, I hear you. Uh, this is a tough one because I could start either one of these three. Uh, I'm going to, but I'm going to start the office. I'm going to bench Seinfeld and I'm going to cut Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. I just, I I can't cut, I I just can't (laughs) cut Seinfeld. All right. This one might be a little easier. Start one, bench one, cut one, TV shows. Breaking Bad, 
Sons of Anarchy, The Sopranos. Oh, you, you, you said this was easier? <laughs> Maybe. Might be Wait easier than one. trigonometry, but it's not easier than the last question you just asked. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, so it's 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 Breaking Bad, it's Sopranos, and Sons of Anarchy. Good lord. Okay, I am going to start. Okay, one one question. Is this to is this to just my own personal preference or is this what I as a as an impartial outside observer believe are the best? No, this is this is uh, this is all on you. <laughs> so if I'm going by just strictly me and my own personal like watch and viewing history, I'm going to start breaking bad. I am going to bench. I, I'm gonna I guess I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna bench Sons of Anarchy and I'm gonna cut the Sopranos. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's exactly what I was gonna do too. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. thought, I thought we get a little uh, toss up on that one, but no, that's, that's exactly what I would do. And again, it's just based off of my, my, my viewing, um, preference. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Good Lord. Start one, bench one, cut one movies edition. The Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Come on. Come on. Godfather. Gladiator, <laughs> not and not the Cuba Gooding Jr. version, although that was fantastic. Oh, that's the one. Okay, uh, that's the one I always think of. <laughs> that's the first. That's where my mind goes. Cuban you mean there's Brian another one? He. There's a there's, uh, there's supposedly a there was. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh boy. Okay. If I'm going by my personal viewing, golly days. I'm going to go start Shawshank Redemption. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this sounds so ridiculous. Bench the Godfather and cut Gladiator. It's what I would have done too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very, yep. very challenging. Ugh. Oh, man. You come away from All this right. game feeling so, dirty. This isn't a game that you makes do. me feel good. You do. <laughs> well, wait till people start commenting on these. Oh, man, it's going to be ugly. Yeah, we're going to get a lot of a lot of angry people. All right, so this is the last one. This is not a start one, bench one, cut one. This is strictly one that we may delve into a little bit here. Uh, it's just a question. Is Ben Roethlisberger a top 15 QB of all time uh, okay i don't like this question i'm <laughs> i'm gonna pro i'm gonna start i'm gonna file a protest right uh, sure, away sure so sure, you, the ref called the wrong foul didn't tell us <laughs> you were under the wrong basket yeah i understand mark cuban <laughs> Look, here's what I'm going to say on this. I believe statistically there's probably an argument to be made that he is. I can only go off the eye test. 
And at no time when I was watching Ben Roethlisberger play, did I feel like he was a top two or three quarterback in his time of play. Now, admittedly, that was an incredibly stacked time, right? I mean, you've got amazing quarterbacks during this time. You've got Peyton Manning. You've got, I mean, just so many incredible, incredible players. Tom Brady. I mean, right away, just Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. If you said nothing else, Roethlisberger can't be one of the top two. So, so best case scenario at that point, before you get into anyone else, he's third. And then you start stacking in a whole bunch of other people like Aaron Rodgers, for instance, who we talked about earlier and others. So I don't know that Roethlisberger was ever a top five quarterback at the time that he played. He may have been top five at the time that he played, but but he may have been six or seven. So then I have to say, now I got to put that over roughly five other decades of time. And I think statistically, he probably would be. I think... I think impact-wise and the eye test, I personally would say no. And I'm really trying not to look at this as a as a as a biased thing as someone who 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 uh, does not like the Steelers. I am trying to really honestly answer the question, and I would say I, I don't. I do not believe. I believe if I were starting a team, I could easily come up with 15 quarterbacks before I would take Roethlisberger. For him, okay. Fair enough. He what is fifth think? all time in career passing yards, eighth all time in touchdowns, fifth in completions, three Super Bowls, two Super Bowl wins, 44th quarter comebacks. And you say, well, you know, don't be getting behind. Well, that's third all time behind two people that you mentioned, Manning and Brady, yeah. six time pro bowler. And my opinion, and probably not even an opinion, it's probably fact, he played in the greatest QB era of all time. Yeah. Brady, Peyton, Breeze, Rivers, Rodgers, Roethlisberger. It's crazy. I, I mean, you know, then you have second-tier guys like Eli Manning who won two Super Bowls. Uh, yeah. I mean, just what we may never see uh, that type of, of uh, dominance from from five people six people uh, ever again. Um, yeah, he's top 15 easily. It's there's no, uh, there's no, no debate. <laughs> I might even put him up there 13, 12 or 13. So, so he's not top 10 to you, but he is top 15. Uh, top 10 is tough, man. I yeah. mean, that that's tough. I mean, you name, I mean, I just gave you five guys just from his error that <laughs> uh, rivers. You could, I, I think I would probably put rivers underneath him, but still four. You know, I, I think Brady was better. I think Peyton was better. Breeze is an interesting one. Uh, Numbers-wise, I mean, Breeze obviously uh, put up, um, but Breeze only went to one Super Bowl. Rivers never went to any Super Bowls. Rodgers only ever went to one Super Bowl. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's, um, it, it, yeah, yeah, top 15. I'll give him, I'll give him 14. Okay. Top 14 all time. All right. <laughs> Top 14. So if, you, if anyone's out there thinking about, hey, who's the top 14 all time? We've just uh, we've just told we've you just, who yeah. probably who 14, 14 is, is at least. Who 14 is. Right. <laughs> this is where you start your list. <laughs> all right. Well, that, sir, concludes the first ever. Um, hit, hit the music, please. Oh, I was going to. 
Yeah. People people are loving it. Yeah, loving it. Oh, no. That includes our first it's ever. It's a stampede. stampede. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what we're calling it. We're calling it the stampede. Rapid fire questions uh, coming at you. And a very, very well done uh, segment there. One that I hope we never do again. Uh, <laughs> uh, a series of questions with absolutely no good answers whatsoever. No way to answer them well. Oh, they do. They make you do feel dirty. You're just. Uh, <laughs> man. Okay. Well, listen, as we move along here, because we are running long, as the only way we ever do it. So I'm going to jump into, I have a little something for you. We were just talking about comparing players. I'm going to bring back a previous segment called compare two things. This will be compare two things. NBA edition. Compare two things. NBA edition. I'm going to read off the statistics of two NBA players. Okay. I would like you to pick which one you would rather have on your team. Two players. Player one, player two. I will read off their stats. I want to know which one you'd rather have on your team. Here we go. Each of them is an 11-time All-NBA player. Player one is a 13-time All-Star. Player two is a 14-time All-Star. Player one won eight championships. Player two won six championships. Player one scored 26,000 career points. Player two scored 32,000 career points. Player one had 8,000 rebounds. Player two had 6,000 rebounds. Player one had 6,000 assists. Player two had 5,000 assists. Player one had 31 triple doubles. Player two had 28 triple doubles. Player one went 8 and 0 in the finals. Player two went 6 and 0 in the finals. Which player would you rather have on your team? Boy, if you are trying to get me, and I don't think Robert Ory ever had that many. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ever had that many All NBA of anything? But like, boy, if you try to get me to pick Robert Ory over a Michael Jordan or something, <laughs> I'm gonna be pissed. Oh, so here's the, so here's gosh. a quick rundown, right? So each of them are 11 time All Stars. Okay. Player two has one more all, uh, sorry, all NBA. Each of them are 11 time all NBA. Player okay. two has one more all-star appearance than player one, but player one has two more championships. Player two scored 6,000 more points, but player one had 2,000 more rebounds and 1,000 more assists and had more triple doubles and two more championships. You want player one or go. player two? Who 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 had the six champ uh, six championships? Player one or player two? Player two. I'm going to take player two because I, I just I want to make sure in case that's Michael because I don't you're not going to trick me, you bastard. <laughs> okay, so player two, you're absolutely right, is Michael Jordan. Player one, John Havlicek. John, logo, right? No, no, Havlicek. that's not, not. No, wait. Havlicek's not the logo. That's Jerry West. Never mind. Yeah, right. The, yeah, the logo's Jerry yeah. West. John Havlicek wow. had the same number of all NBA seasons as Jordan, one fewer all star appearance, two more titles, 
scored 6,000 fewer points, but had 2,000 more rebounds, 1,000 more assists, had more career triple doubles than Michael Jordan, and won two more championships than Michael Jordan. Huh. I was very... I was very surprised that that those two players would be so statistically similar. You would never think about John Havlicek as being like, you know, on that level, even though he's obviously a great Hall of Fame player. You just don't think of him uh, quite like that. No, that's that's crazy. I know when you said the six uh, NBA championships. Right. I figured you'd know one of them. I figured you'd know which one was Jordan, but uh, it's very hard to guess who that other one is. Yeah, no, I would have never guessed. John Havlicek, (laughs) good for John. Yeah. Shout out to John. Shout out John Havlicek. I think he's, yeah, he's still out there. Uh, Okay, so we got to start wrapping up because we have gone long again. So we're going to jump in very rapidly here into Quick Hits. Either San Diego State or Florida Atlantic will play in the NCAA championship this year in the preseason Florida Atlanta I'm sorry San Diego State was plus 8,000 before the season Florida Atlantic plus 50,000 50,000 so that means if you had put a $100 bet on Florida Atlantic before the season to make the championship, you would win fifty thousand dollars. That is insane. <laughs> Makes no sense. I mean, you put yeah. ten to win five thousand dollars. Exactly. It's still, very good return on your money. Goodness gracious! Somebody had to, right? There's got to be someone out there. Someone every who, year, just like you know, just they went to Florida Atlantic. Uh, they just always put yeah, a couple like, bucks uh, on let them. Me just let me throw a couple bucks on. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, San Diego State was a plus eight thousand before the season. Florida Atlantic plus 50,000. And one of those two, because they got to play each other in the final four, one of them will make the championship game. Make the championship game. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Pretty crazy. Wow. Uh, moving on. Quick hits. Cam Newton. Quarterback Cam Newton wants to make a comeback. Says that there's no way that there are 32 quarterbacks better than him in the NFL. Cam Newton's ranks out of 46 quarterbacks who have played since 2019. Number 46 in touchdowns to interception ratio. Number 46 in touchdowns per attempts. Number 45 in completion percentage over expectation. Number 43 in EPA per attempt. Number 41 in target depth. Number 40 in accuracy. Number 38 in completion percentage. Number 34 in success rate. Number 33 in yards per attempt. That is among all quarterbacks with 500 or more attempts since 2019. Wow. And he says that there are not 32 people better than him. I think he's right there. It seems like there are at least... 42 people better than him. (laughs) So good luck with that comeback, Cam. Uh, You know, I don't know if I'm going to, maybe I can, maybe I can just rush to this really quickly. I, I I said in the, in the rundown about another crazy uh, six game parlay. And this one, this one qualifies. So I think it's worth talking about. Somebody bet a six leg random parlay that Argentina would win the 2022 World Cup, that Georgia 
would win the NCAA football national championship, that Novak Djokovic would win the men's Australian Open, that the Kansas City Chiefs would win the Super Bowl, that Connecticut would reach the final four. And the last thing that this person needs is for the Golden State Warriors to win the NBA championship. They bet $200. They would win $303,478.56. Oh, man. Every one of these that. things has happened. Argentina won the World Cup. Georgia won the, the, the national championship. Novak Djokovic won the Australian Open. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. UConn is now in the final four. Now it's just if the Warriors win the championship, this person will take a $200 bet into three hundred and three thousand dollars i hope there's a cash out option because they're <laughs> not winning the nba championship this year <laughs> somebody's sweating bullets right now i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm gonna skip over ezekiel elliott because we're just running so long here so i'm gonna go into one more quick hit this quick hit, I, I found this stat the other day. I just thought this is this is worth talking about. We're talking about the NCAA tournament and uh, Final Four and San Diego State being in there. I bet most people would not even be able to guess who San Diego State basketball's all-time assist leader is. The all-time assist leader for San Diego State basketball is baseball Hall of Fame player Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn had 590 assists playing basketball for the San Diego State Aztecs. He still is the all-time assist leader. He then left college, went into playing Major League Baseball for the Padres in San Diego. So clearly he went to school, went to college in San Diego, played in San Diego for the Padres, Hall of Fame player, but still to this day is San Diego State's assist leader in men's basketball. That is insane. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> what an athlete, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you sure didn't look like it to look at him that no. you would think that. But uh, yeah, very, very impressive to think that uh, that that he was able to 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 accomplish that. So, um, and yeah, so now we're going to close out with. One more thing, a little bit of trivia. And have you ever heard of something called one night cough syrup? One night cough one night, syrup? Yes, one night cough syrup. Okay. One night cough syrup was something that was around in the late 1800s. And okay. the idea was if you were sick, you had a real cough, you take this one night, you'll get over your cough. Here's the ingredients in one night cough syrup. <laughs> I won't get into the exact percentages and you know milliliters and everything else. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you the main ingredients of one night cough syrup. Alcohol, cannabis indica, okay, chloroform, and morphine. That would knock something out of you. <laughs> <laughs> you mix that up in a little bottle. You mix up your alcohol, your morphine, your chloroform, and your cannabis indica. Just take a swig of that, and that cough will go right away. Now, you also might die. That's how the cough sure. leaves. The cough is the, is the, your soul leaving your body. The last time you cough, it's just your soul leaving your body. <laughs> 
But uh, yes, that was a real product. Real product. Every ounce of one night cough syrup uh, had some combination of those things. Uh, alcohol, cannabis, chloroform, and morphine. Huh. Late 1800s, early 1900s. So, yeah. so if you have a bothersome cough, you probably can't buy this product anymore. But honestly, just, you could whip it up yourself. I mean, it's not a big I'm deal. Sure there's you, recipes online. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a way you can find it. I mean, like at one time, my wife and I made uh, a recipe of George Washington's eggnog for the holidays. Sure. So if you can make that, you can definitely make one night cough syrup. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, just you don't need nitroglycerin or anything. At least not in this edition of it. I'm sure, I'm sure there was an earlier version. <laughs> earlier version probably had nitroglycerin, and they're like, you know what? People keep shaking it up before they take it. And everyone dies don't from shake it. it. Don't shake it. Up. Yeah, yeah. I really think we need to print "Don't shake" bigger on the label than someone else just said. Why don't we just try it without the nitroglycerin? And then they went with it. So, <laughs> so anyway, that's your that's your oh, trivia that's for great. the night. I think we have squeezed in. As much more, more than could fit into this show. We, uh, we, it's, 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 it's packed to the gills. So we've done everything that we can do to entertain the world. Uh, we will accept your gratitude, however you want to show it to us, preferably financially. Um, but, mm -hmm. uh, but we will accept written thank you as well, only through written, handwritten mail. Not, yeah. we're not interested in emails, text message, Twitter messages, Instagram. Or YouTube comments, <laughs> handwritten letters only, <laughs> preferably calligraphy. That would be that would be most helpful. Yeah, we want something yeah. to frame. Or uh, 90s okay. graffiti, <laughs> just big block letters. Yeah, either one. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right. Anything else we need to touch on before we wrap this sucker up? No, man. We've All right, my it. friend. Then we will get out of here. Thank you, world. Thank you for accepting the entertainment and we were happy to give it to you. So until next time, have a great day. We'll talk soon. Oh no, it's a stampede. <laughs>